Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. I love it when library-related organizations are run li by librarians. We have leadership, management, and budget skills. Why shouldn't we lead ourselves? My guest today is Louisa Quasigra. Louisa is Managing Director at Council on Library and Information Resources. Louisa, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Thanks, Lorraine. It's great to be here. Tell us about your work and what kind of projects you take on. Um, so I work, as you said, at the Council on Library and Information Resources, uh, which or we say CLEAR, C-L-I-R, CLEAR. And um, I've had just a fantastic run there. So I started while I was in library school at University of Illinois part-time as a program associate for the Digital Library Federation program. And that was all of almost nine years ago now. And when I finished my degree, I was uh, so lucky that CLEAR offered me a full-time position and uh, working with the Digital Library Federation. And then I uh, moved into some development roles and then I joined our communications team. And now I've joined the operations team as managing director. Um, and so what that really means is that I'm working directly with our program staff, um, the folks that administer our grants, because CLEAR is a re-granting agency. So we go get money and then we give it away, which is um, nice. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. You're very popular. <laughs> uh, yes, it's a nice way to meet people. And um, and so I get to work with our staff, which I love. And I'm also, um, you know, involved in uh, some of the operations decision making along with our team. What traditional library skills do you use in your job? Oh, I would say I use quite a few. Um, one of the big pieces for me is certainly like information management comes in really handy. Um, part of my new role is helping us figure out what type of systems make us the most efficient and help us do our work the best way so we can really focus on the grant making and the program work and spend less time, you know, worried about technical things. So I think a piece of that is understanding, understanding our data flows, mm -hmm. where we get data, what do we do with it when we get it, and where else do we need it to show up? So that's a piece I've been working on a lot, which I absolutely did like data diagramming in library school. <laughs> um, I always say that my favorite library class was indexing and abstracting because, um, again, being able to take sort of complex ideas and get them to a point where other people can understand them or easily know, is this the thing that I need? This is the place where I need to go. So that's one I use a lot as well. And then I guess one more, I would say that maybe you would use in almost any role is, is customer service. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back when I, my first, uh, I guess my second library job was at a public library, uh, working the CERC desk, uh, all of age 16. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was where I really learned from my colleagues how to, you know, work with patrons, how to understand what they were really asking you. Um, and especially my reference desk colleagues were wonderful to sort of let me listen in and understand, you know, how you help people. So that comes to bear uh, in my work today. What suggestions can you give to librarians who work with budgets or who want to move into a position with budget responsibility? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so number one is, you know, I never thought of myself as like a math person or an accounting person, right? <laughs> so don't let that stand in your way. The great thing about numbers is that they're, they don't really lie. <laughs> they're right there for you to work with um, and take a look at. Um, one of the things I think can be so useful, actually, is um, 
you know, depending on where you are in your career, if you can uh, attend things like perhaps board meetings or other places where people are discussing finances and understand what, when they're looking at financial statements, what they're talking about, um, that can be really helpful because then when you go back and look at those documents, you get a true understanding of like, oh, they were really focused on X, Y, and Z. Why are those the important pieces? Um, so I think that's a piece of it is like, you know, can you get some exposure to how people actually use budgets and financial documents? And then when it's your turn to do that, um, I always keep in mind that our budget is like a moral document. You know, mm -hmm. others have said that that's not my idea. Um, but that what we're choosing to how we allocate our resources says a lot about our organization. So I think that's actually a lot powerful for librarians to consider um, is is how you use that for decision making. That's really great. What are some ways that you save your organization money? <laughs> um, she gets really quiet. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> a few over the years. One, I'll go back to sort of the evaluating systems. You know, sometimes we get these nice big legacy kind of systems in place that they do 55 things. And then at the end of the day, you really need three or four of those. So kind mm -hmm. of understanding as technology changes, um, and as our organizational needs change, like we're scaling up, Clear has been growing. So if we're adding staff, you know, what do we really need? So one thing in particular um, is I used to have a great time uh, managing our annual conference, the DLF forum. And there were some, um, some ways there to find cost savings and then to use that money for things like fellowships. So mm -hmm. in a way, perhaps at the end of the day, we didn't necessarily save money, but we could again reallocate our spending to offer, you know, again, ways for people to come who couldn't participate originally, um, figure out how to make our events um, more open and things like that. So I guess that's how I sort of think about it is can we, if we're saving money somewhere, let's figure out, you know, how else to use it. I completely agree with that. When I was a public library director, you know, the, my first public library, I've saved like tens of thousands of dollars the first year by just streamlining processes and creating efficiencies but then we can spend it on other things. Exactly, so, I mean. Yeah, you don't want to like completely save it all. I mean, you want to have money in reserves, but you're getting that money every year from the taxpayers. They want you to spend it on certain things. It's better to, to work better and spend it on, spend the money on other things that are more patron oriented. Exactly, that's uh, one of the biggest things about Clear is we're really focused on our community mm -hmm. um, and being able to figure out you know, listen, and then figure out again, how to use those resources to support what they need. We don't want to decide what folks need, but we <laughs> want to hear from them and then um, do our best. But I'm not surprised to hear that you were able to save um, a lot of money with streamlining and then figure out how to use that. It definitely uh, using money better is better for the taxpayers. When you hire 100%. people, what do you look for in a candidate? I love this question because one of my first jobs, so my undergraduate degree is in photography. Um, so talk about uh, art school, <laughs> having a bit of a reputation, you know, right? For people not being able to go out in the real world necessarily, which I will always argue against forever because if you have a career where people literally critiqued everything you did um, every day for years and all of your projects were iterative and showed growth, I think you can get a job. But um, I may have a tiny chip on my shoulder about art school. So, but out of art school, I graduated just around one of our great, um, the dot-com collapse. So it was a tough time to get a job in photography. 
Um, but luckily I had spent years working in our public library and I got a job at a museum library, which was fantastic. And then I actually went from there to work. Uh, I went to the corporate world for a little bit. And, nice. and from there I was, this is how long ago this was. My title was internet researcher, <laughs> uh, which is I, hopefully not still a title that people have, unless they are actually doing research about the internet. And I looked for candidates for this corporation and they had an enormous catalog, hundreds, I think possibly millions of items. Um, and that was still, the internet was around and people were searching, but a lot of their work was still paper-based. People would have this huge catalog in their workshop or whatever, and they would look through it to find what they needed. And one of my first questions, once I realized what I was doing, which was a lot of Boolean searching, um, was, have you ever considered hiring librarians to help with your catalog? Yes. Because I was like, I know a lot of library, <laughs> I know a lot of librarians and they're really good at figuring out how people search for things. Um, and I'm happy to say that they took me seriously, even as a, as a newbie. And we started, you know, I started using librarian terms, you know, like in fact, librarian, um, and things like that to find folks to hire. Um, and yeah. So that was something I looked for even way back in the day before I was recruiting for a library or a library organization. Um, but now what I look for is, is, you know, often we're looking for generalists in some ways. It's kind of like how many different, you know, what are you interested in? Because I know that the skills from library school transfer almost anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So in that way, it's kind of like, is the, I'm more interested in what we have to offer be of interest to this person and can we help them develop the skills that they want to develop because I really see hiring as a two-way street you know like you're coming to work with us and we want to make that a great experience for you um, and at the same time you know there's certain things that we really need so um, as general sort of as that sounds I really truly believe it's kind of you know you're looking for folks where it'll be a fit for both of you. Well, when you go, like if you're interviewing for a position, you're also interviewing them as well as they're interviewing you. I 100% agree. Both and in ways. fact, in our last job search, we included the uh, interview questions in advance um, because it feels like you want people to put their best foot forward. So, you know, why would, you don't want any surprises in an interview. It really should be a conversation. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. There aren't many jobs where you really need to like not gotcha questions, but like think on your feet or like you want to see how well they respond in, in different situations. There really aren't that many jobs where that's necessary in a job interview. No, because in real life, if you, especially in our field, if you don't know something, you can look it up. I bet <laughs> you, you can find it. So there, there really shouldn't be a gotcha in interview, as you're saying. It really, it should be sort of an exploration of a, you know, potential relationship. Um, yeah, so that I think, you know, hands down, I've never, even from early on in my career, doubted that librarians could not do anything that they wanted. Absolutely, 100% can work in any field. I'm so glad you said that because that's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> well, that works out. <laughs> we can do everything. We can work everywhere. So having said all that, how do you add value to your organization because of your library skills and experience? Well, you know, because CLEAR 
um, works with libraries and archives and museums and other cultural heritage institutions, there's a little bit sort of, you know, cheating or built in, right? That the fact that I can um, speak the language, I know the mm -hmm. vocabulary of our field, I understand some things more in depth, but a lot of things perhaps at least I've heard of, right? Or again, can go look up, um, out, you know, after a meeting. Um, I think that comes in handy, that adds a lot of value. Um, while I'm working more um, internally now, again, with the operations team and with our staff, uh, the rest of my work was almost all externally focused. And so again, being able to speak to an academic librarian or speak to a library director or um, speak to a student interested in knowing more about the field, um, that all I think is a value add, really sort of that, what I bring there is that sense of being able to, um, to truly talk to all sorts of folks and understand um, you know, how clear might be of use to them. I'm sure everyone appreciates that too. That you you already have a level of knowledge that they they know you understand what they're doing. I mean, that was sort of my whole approach to applying to library school was that I really wanted to understand the vernacular, like the vocabulary, because I knew that librarians were like really you know, could be really practical, right? Had this down to earth sense. And that really appealed to me. That's so my personality, but I didn't quite know what everything meant, right? And as much as sure you can go research things on your own, I knew that library school had, you know, were, was gonna open up a world to me because I was gonna be able to speak the same language as these people who I very much enjoyed, you know, working with throughout the years. What suggestions can you give librarians who want to move into a position like yours? Um, Nonprofits are always looking for people who can help them with their mission. So if you are interested in considering a career and working with a nonprofit or an association um, or even within a department of a corporation or something who's there, you know, focused on similar things, I would say tie your skills to how you can support that mission. So that's really going to be the most important piece is showing what you bring and how it's going to help the organization, you know, advance their goals. That I think is really number one. And again, many of the skills that you will have being um, with a library degree are going to fit right in. Yes, they will. <laughs> um, speaking of goals, what kind of goals do you have in your position? Um, I'm incredibly focused on making sure that our staff has the tools that they need. Again, to sort of like, just use them and not have to think too hard about them because I want, we have these incredible brains, we have these incredible people working at CLEAR. And for me, for them to be able to just do the work that they do to figure out how to um, invite new organizations who've never applied for a grant to feel confident enough to apply and not only apply, but to get them. So like I hold my colleagues in the highest regard and anything I can do to support their work, that's what's most exciting to me. That's great. So where can people find your organization? You can on social find media us. or the internet. We would love you to find us in both places. So we're at <laughs> uh, clear.org, C-L-I-R.org. You can find us on social media, usually at clear underscore news or clear news, all one word, depending. And we are on LinkedIn. We'd love to find you there. We are on Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter. That's usually, or LinkedIn, but on Twitter, I'm, uh, MRS underscore K. 
So um, I was lucky enough to join back in 2007 and I have a nice. <laughs> I was just uh, going to say you must have been an early Twitter person to get that handle. I was. And what's funny is that my mom invited me to Twitter and she's also a grad of the University of Illinois. So she was about <laughs> 10 years ahead of me and we are um, we both have the degree. So but yes, um, that's another thing people, I think, forget is that librarians can often be very uh, technically savvy. We really like with Mark records, like we're really the leaders in technology. We really let some of that go somewhere along the line. We dropped that somewhere, but we really were the leaders in technology from the beginning. It's incredibly true. And yeah, I think you're right. It's not often remembered or understood that that was built in. We were, we wanted people to be able to find things and not have to redo work. Right. right. <laughs> this already right. exists. Let's, let's help you get to it. So. Right. Well, this has been really great, really informative on um, what kind of role you have and how people can get into roles like what you have. Thank you for doing it. Oh, Lorraine, thank you for the invitation. And again, I would encourage anybody if they're curious about Clear or me, I'd be happy to connect on LinkedIn or Twitter and just thank you for the invitation and really for doing this. I think um, highlighting the different ways that people can use their degrees and their skills is incredibly important. And I'm, I'm really happy and honored to have been invited. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you to Louisa Quasigraf for being my guest today on The Librarian Linkover. I've been getting such positive feedback from listeners on my guests and my interviews. Please like and follow The Librarian Linkover on your favorite podcast app. Also follow on social media and visit thelibrarianlinkover.com. Thank you so much for listening.